सहनावतु सहनौ मुनक्तु सह वीर करवाहे तेजस्वी नवधी तमस्तुमाषावहे ओ लॉर्ड प्रोटेक्ट बोथ ऑफ अस टीचर एंड टॉट टुगेदर लेट द लॉर्ड गिव अस the results of our knowledge together let our study be luminous let be attain greatness together may we not cavil at each other om peace 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 all right so we are studying the kata upanishad and we are in some particularly powerful and beautiful mantras right now now the last time we did this very important mantra mantra number 20 anoraniyan mahato mahiyan atmasya jantor nihito guhayam tamah kratu pasyati vita shoko dhatu prasadat mahimanam atmana um smaller than the smallest greater than the greatest is this very self notice the contradictory language the paradoxical language used here why is paradoxical language used as i mentioned earlier because the atman is so subtle our real nature is so subtle it can't be directly stated so the upanishads use a variety of strategies um one second the upanishads use a variety of strategies to communicate that which cannot be directly communicated through words one of the strategies is uh, paradoxical language what are the other strategies one well known strategy is neti neti if it cannot be said directly perhaps what it is not can be said see if if uh, atman cannot be said that this is the atman well at least you can say what is not the atman That, that this is not the atman that is not the atman this way you can point out by indirectly that is the neti neti method then there is the implied meaning lakshyartha which we have seen uh, in vedanta sara so multiple meanings are used uh, multiple strategies are used for pointing out something which cannot be directly stated one of the strategies is this one paradoxical language greater than the greatest smaller than the smallest but what does it mean it sounds wonderful but what does it mean what is that which is greater than the greatest and smaller than the smallest which means what is there that which is common to both in the greatest in the smallest what is that one reality suppose i tell you there is something which is greater than the greatest tsunami wave and smaller than the smallest bubble what is that you will say water water is smaller than the smallest bubble because water is in that bubble so it has to be smaller than a bubble but it is greater than the tsunami wave also because the whole tsunami wave is nothing but water and beyond the tsunami wave also lies water only so water is more than the tsunami wave and less than the bubble uh, so in that sense now in that's easy for water but what about this universe what is greater than the vastest thing in this universe and tinier than the tiniest thing existence itself being itself and if we truly appreciate what consciousness is in what sense is it satchit existence awareness 
then we will see this existence awareness is um, at the root of everything. Anything that you experience, it is constituted of this existence awareness or more than constituted, it appears in this existence awareness. The tiniest of things, it is that existence awareness. Vastest of things, it is that existence awareness. And that is the Atman. Atmascha jantor nihitam guhaya. In all sentient beings, in all living beings, in all jivas, this Atman which we are talking about, it resides in the cave of the heart, or that means in your mind as consciousness. This, this consciousness is tinier than the tiniest, greater than the greatest, faster than the fastest, and slower than the slowest. It, it moves without not moving, without moving. Uh, it does not move and yet it appears to move. How is this possible? I mentioned last time by Upadhi, by the various names and forms. Same colorless crystal. It can be yellow. If the yellow flower is behind it, it can be red. If the red flower is behind it, it appears to be yellow, appears to be red, but actually it's neither. Similarly, the Atman, is it actually tiny? No. Is it actually very, very vast, bigger than galaxies? And No, not really. It is only when you bring in the concept of space, and then we talk about being vaster than the vastest. Is it even actually eternal? Not really. Eternal in the sense of persists through time for a long time or eternally forever. Not in that sense. It's only when you bring in the concept of time, then Atman is not like other things which are born and they die. No. From the perspective of time, it is eternal. But actually, even time appears in consciousness. So, Atmasyajanto Nehitam Guhayam. It is another way of saying Tattvamasi. You, the consciousness, are this thing which you are speaking about. Who will see it? Tamakratu dhatu prasada. Tamakratu pasyati vita shoko dhatu prasada atmahimana matmana. The one realizes it who is beyond desires, who has given up these desires. If we are very fixated on, I want this and I don't want that, ragadvesha, we will never see the bigger picture. Even in day-to-day -day life, surely one will become biased. Surely one will become caught up in the little ups and downs of samsara. Too much focus on the world. And why does too much focus on the world come? Because of likes and dislikes. I am so eagerly, I want this to happen. I so eagerly, I am completely against this. I am so much against that one. Repulsed by that one, attracted and tempted by that one, then it's very difficult to see the background of both are the same. See, Raga Dvesha is exactly the opposite of Atman. What is Ragadvesha? I really, really want this. I really, really don't want that. But then this one which you want is already yours. You are that. That one which you want to reject, you cannot reject because you are already that. And that one is already none other than you. Everything in this universe is none other than you. The two do not go together. This, this uh, experience of sameness in all beings and that sameness is you. You alone shine forth as the universe. This experience, this realization of the sameness in all beings on one hand and strong likes and dislikes on the other hand. They can't go together. So strong likes and dislikes prevent you from realizing the Atman. What, one more thing. Dhatu prasada. This is another way of saying 
the by the grace of the sense organs the grace of sense organs means you must be able to pull back the sense organs and steady the mind basically two things is saying purity of mind and concentration of mind these two things are necessary who has these adhikari which we have seen earlier fourfold qualifications which nasiketa definitely is adhikari adhikari means one who is qualified what qualifications are required and the qualifications which nasiketa has is completely without any desire for anything in the world and or the other world yama has tested him thoroughly he is also intensely disciplined because you saw how he was two examples i'll give how he stayed without wavering waiting for yama to come back the little boy without eating or drinking anything he stayed outside yama's door until yama comes back you remember at the beginning of the story also when in the second boon yama explained to him a very complicated uh, ritual the karma kanda of the veda the nachiketa nachiketa repeated it back to him verbatim which means it shows how much attention he has got focus so purity of mind concentration of mind both nachiketa has um you know if focus of mind is not there flickering mind is there this will not work vedanta will not work vedanta is the highest knowledge it requires a prepared mind prepared mind means equal to pure mind plus focused mind if mind is not focused somebody gave a very nice example suppose you are learning how to drive you see you are driving and you are driving te- your teacher is sitting next to you now if it's raining or drizzling you have the windshield wiper it goes like this the windshield wiper in front of the is like this now if i start looking at the wiper if i if the wiper is going like this and i will start looking like this the teacher will say hey look at the road and if i start looking the wiper is going like this i start looking like that then you have to concentrate on the road don't go like this like this with the wiper with the windshield wiper you have to look at the road let the wiper go like this like this this wiper going like this like this is the vittis of the mind various kinds of thoughts feelings emotions memories desires are coming and going if you keep tracking that this is nice that is bad i want to remain like this i don't like that thought here is anxiety here is fear here is temptation here is desire uh, no don't follow that that is just like wiper no going like this keep your attention focused on the teaching that you are the atman so that kind of focus is necessary pasyati mahimanam atman the glory of the atman what is the glory of the atman what is the glory of the atman that it is immortal it is not born with the birth of the body it not, does not die with the death of the body that it is completely affected by the ups and downs of the mind it means you you do not you are not born by the birth of the body you do not die with the death of the body you are actually completely you as awareness completely unaffected by the ups and downs of the mind that you you shining everything else shines by your light everything here is lit up by your light the mind is lit up by the by your light the senses are lit up by your light your light means you the light you consciousness by you consciousness mind and senses function and reveal the world to you not only that this mind senses and world all of it is given not only light by you but existence also by you they don't exist apart from you so this is the glory of the atman it is one and non dual there is no second atman 
And there's no second reality of, apart from Atman, apart from you. So what are the, the amazing glory? It is the glory. It is the glorious thing in the whole world. Um, so uh, you are that glorious reality. Uh, I was listening to a talk by, you know, the uh, new Advaita teacher, Rupert Spira. So I was listening to a talk. Somebody asked him. Uh, are there stages to enlightenment? And he gave a beautiful answer, which actually corresponds to the traditional teaching here in the Upanishads. He said, yes, one is, first you must realize what is the Atman, consciousness, stage, stage one. Consciousness, awareness, as distinguished from body-mind. This is the first stage. This is what we normally call enlightenment, waking up. He said, this is the first stage. Second stage is, Having realized, oh, I am this. The second stage is recognize the glories of this consciousness. What is the glories of this consciousness? As the Upanishad says, Mahimanam, Mahimanam means glory. The glories of this consciousness. Oh, I am this. Second stage, first is that. I am this awareness. I am awareness. Second stage, I am immortal. I need not fear death. I am beyond the mind. and did not fear the little ups and downs of the mind. I am ever fulfilled. I don't need anything from the world. I'm ever at peace. I don't even need meditation, peace of meditation. I am the only reality that is. The whole world is a dream in me. These are the glories of the Atman. So he says that is the second stage. You must appreciate the glories of awareness. Then the third stage he says, now life continues. With this knowledge you must live the life in this body-mind. This particular body mind will continue to appear. So this is what is called in Vedanta Jivan Mukti. And that is the process. That is the process which Vivekananda called manifestation of the divinity already within us. The manifestation means not only realizing it, not only appreciating the glories of the Atman, but now it should be reflected in the thought, word and deed of this person who has become so-called enlightened person. That is living this realization. So he said three stages of enlightenment. First, realize Aham Brahmasmi. Second, what is this Brahman? What is this Atman? It is Brahman itself, the infinite glory of the Atman you realize. Third, live, manifest it. Manifest it is you will become selfless, you will become fearless, you will be full of um, you know, sympathy and affection and feeling of oneness for everything in this universe. Nothing can shake you. So all the qualities of the enlightened one will come into you. So this is the three stages. And if you look at the traditional teaching of Advaita Vedanta, basically these three stages are there. I was just thinking, the first stage is at least getting a grasp of what is taught here. Is you, by Shravana and Manana, you get it. Appreciating the glories of the Atman is when you stay in Nididhyasana, in, in that. You just stay with the glory of that. And then comes Jivan Mukti. It is uh, living the life. Now let us go ahead. 21st. Asino duram brajati, shayano yati sarvata, kastam madamadam devam, madanyo gyatum arhati. All right, more paradoxical language. What does it mean? Sitting in one place, it goes far, travels far. It means the Atman. While sleeping, it goes everywhere. When it sits, it travels far. When it lies down, 
it goes everywhere kastam madamadam devam madamadam devam this this atman is is the deva the bright one the shining one who is with delight and without delight we'll see what it means kastam madanyo gyatum arhati who else can know this except myself someone like myself yama is little doing a little bit of self promotion who can realize this except someone like myself all right so what does this mean the commentator says durvigya atma this atman is difficult to ascertain this is difficult to pin down understand clearly that's why this same kind of uh, paradoxical language is used asino duram brajati shayano yati sarvata all right to understand this first phrase asino duram brajati sitting it goes travels far you the atman sitting you travel far what does that mean for this we must understand two more important concepts of advaita vedanta vritti uh, vritti chaitanya and swarupa chaitanya vritti gyana and swarupa let's call it vritti gyana and swarupa gyana this uh, cognition knowledge knowledge itself or, or consciousness cognitive knowledge and consciousness vritti gyana and swarupa gyana what does this mean recall our understanding from vedanta sara you are pure consciousness and because of maya um, first thing which appears in pure consciousness causal body from that causal body appears the subtle body in that subtle body you are reflected consciousness is reflected as the reflected consciousness which is the awareness which we feel right now i am aware all my thoughts feel aware that reflected consciousness lights up the mind and every movement of the mind what do i mean by movement of the mind anything that you call the mind whatever is happening in you every thought is a movement of the mind uh, every perception is a movement of the mind every understanding of the intellect is a movement of the mind mind i'm using in a general sense meaning the technically in vedanta it is split up into four mana buddhi chitta ahankara mind memory ego and intellect but all of them together i'm generally using the english word mind with what we feel inside every movement of the manas every movement of the intellect buddhi every movement of the memory emotions and the perceptions which are which are raised by the five senses all of them together these are called chitta vritti movement of the mind stuff they are like think of them as the mind stuff think of it as a lake and the chitta vritti think of them as little waves in the lake a little ripples in the lake so every perception you see a flower outside so that perception information when it comes to the mind the impulses now travel to the mind you have a movement in the mind a ripple in the mind a ripple on the surface of the lake that is a chitta vritti and every vritti has a content it is about something so if you have seen a flower the information about the flower has come through the eyes then there is a vritti in the mind that here is a red rose you have seen maybe there will be another vritti of the memory which will bring call up the similar associations and say it is a rose so that is a vritti if you smell it and have a get a fragrance that is another vritti another perception the fragrance has come gandha another chitta vritti another movement in the surface of the mind 
now these movements on the surface of the mind all of them are movements anything that happens in the mind is chitta vritti now all these chitta vrittis are lit up illumined by consciousness you are aware of it but what consciousness it is the consciousness which is reflected in the mind the chidabhasa reflected consciousness it is the consciousness the consciousness which you really are you are reflected in the mind that consciousness riding on the vrittis gives you the experience of various things seeing hearing smelling tasting touching so seeing hearing smelling tasting touching these are all called vritti jnana thinking remembering understanding desiring hating vritti jnana these are all this is what we normally call knowledge or experience of the world this is what we call it you know external it could be external seeing here something hearing something it could be internal about a thought one thought about another thought or something going on inside your mind without reference to anything outside old memories coming up all of them are vritti jnana so our conti- our experience of life basically is vritti jnana everything that we have uh, is all the movements of the mind they are revealed by consciousness which consciousness reflected consciousness and the reflected consciousness is nothing but the original consciousness your real nature then you the atman shining on the mind now um an example would be the sun and the moon i've given this example earlier at night everything that we see suppose the moonlight is the light by which we see things so this light by which somebody goes out walks and um, does something outside suppose in a village outside their hut is by the light of the moon but light of the moon is actually sunlight so think of the sun as the atman the moon as the mind and the earth as earth now the light of the um, sun reflected on the moon from the moon falls on the earth and illumines things now without the sunlight no moonlight is possible but it is a fact also that at night it is the moonlight itself that reflected sunlight no doubt but still we call it moonlight for a practical reason it is the moonlight itself which is useful for us that moonlight reflected is is that um rachidabhasa reflected consciousness and the sunlight the original is the atman that is a good example and remember transaction our activities day to day activities or in that case night time whatever we are doing outside uh, that is lit up useful for us we are transacting with the help of moonlight similarly whatever we do in life including studying vedanta whatever we are doing in life is all because of vritti jnana and that vritti jnana is possible because of the mind chitta vritti and the reflected consciousness now so in this sense the re- consciousness through its reflection in the various senses travels it sees hears smells tastes touches It's as if the mind is going out in fact in old vedantic epistemology the idea was that the vritti actually travels out to the object we will not go into that it makes things more complicated but let's just say as if the mind is going to various thoughts various perceptions uh, you see different things continuously you hear different sounds you smell and taste and touch you think and you remember so there will be a variety an enormous range of activities is being done lot of traveling is being done by the um, reflected consciousness how is the reflected consciousness traveling 
with the riding on the vrittis various vrittis how are the vrittis forming because the various inputs from outside through the senses and from inside arising from our subconscious mind thoughts emotions desires so variety of movements are going on in the vrittis in each of those vrittis shining is chidabhasa reflected consciousness and that reflected consciousness very busy very active always traveling but the original consciousness you the atman beyond all this completely untouched untouched by any any movement at all so it is always shining asino sitting it always is sitting it's always in meditation it's always glowing shining without any change whatsoever that one sitting while sitting travels everywhere does everything does everything means all the actions are actually done because of this reflected consciousness all our vrittis our knowledge is lit up by this consciousness even our activities if you walk and talk and eat and all of it is big possible because of reflected consciousness so all the transactions of life very busy life all done because of this reflected consciousness but this reflected consciousness is nothing but this original consciousness atman moonlight is nothing but sunlight so vritti gyana is originally nothing but swarupa gyana swarupa gyana consciousness itself atman vritti gyana reflected consciousness in the different vrittis now you see asino duram rajati sitting by itself no movement at all who is sitting by itself swarupa gyana atma pure consciousness duram rajati travels far does lot of activities very very busy who is that reflected consciousness like sunlight and moonlight you what are you you are completely unchanging always steady and shining what are you as reflected consciousness you are most busy all throughout life from early morning to till late night whatever all is going on is because of this one we are not only that there is no rest for the reflected consciousness even if you fall asleep dreams will start even dreams are powered by fueled by made possible by reflected consciousness just the contents the vrittis are different type in dreams um, mind generates a whole different set of vrittis where you call it a dream but the same reflected continu- uh, consciousness continues but then what happens dreams also stop the mind stops and the reflected consciousness now merges back or is no longer active let us say you can call it say it is becomes one with the original consciousness or you say it's not active anymore because mind is not active there is no more vrittis what is that deep sleep sushupti then what happens that unlimited pure consciousness alone remains as if consciousness has without any limit spread all over but there is no specific reflected consciousness there is only um the swarupa gyana pure consciousness plus ignorance of course deep sleep is ignorance so blankness illumined by swarupa gyana consciousness itself the reflected consciousness is no longer active no longer running around and doing things so as if shayano yati sarva sarvata when you fall black, when pure consciousness lies down as if in deep sleep then it is as if spread over as if spread over everywhere there is no particular activity going on anymore and the commentator will say that in specific uh, vrittis 
the consciousness appears to be limited. Here I am in this body eating a cookie. This is the state of consciousness now. I, the pure consciousness, reflected, refracted from this mind in connection with these bodies and sense organs. What am I doing? I am having the experience of eating a cookie. How limited. But the same I, pure consciousness, when the body is sleeping, mind has shut down. I'm no longer limited to this little being eating a cookie. I have no particular limited form anymore. All particular experiences are gone. If all particular experiences are gone, it's another way of saying, I'm all over. I'm just spread all over evenly. Good example is, in the darkness of space, from the sun to the earth, it is full of light actually. And if you look at out into outer space, it will appear black. It's only when something passes through the light, like a satellite or a comet, it shines and, um, and blazes forth with the sunlight. But that means sunlight is streaming from the sun to the earth. In between, there's nothing to reflect it to make it come to your, our eyes. That's why it seems blank or dark. There's no particular entity which reflects sunlight in that space between earth and sun. Therefore, it seems dark. Similarly, in deep sleep, you, the pure consciousness, are now no longer reflected by chitta vritti and you know that activity of the so, vritti um, jnana is not, not, is not there anymore. So that is the meaning of shayano yati sarvata. No more particular experiences. A general experience of blankness. That is deep sleep. Then he says, madamadam devam. Very nicely put. Devam means the shining one, consciousness. You, the pure consciousness, the Atman. What are you? Mada amada. Mada means joy, delight, fun, partying. So, this one is, um, is very funny. It, has, it enjoys life. It, it delights in life. It chases pleasure, avoids pain. Um, you know, not just one. Why only one lifetime? Many, many lifetimes. Have a festival of lifetimes. Mother, this is, this is delight in, in living. But by itself, amadam devam. Beyond all pleasure seeking, beyond all experience of um, pleasure and pain is awareness itself. Madam Adam Devam. What a phrase. What are you? Devam, the shining one. And how do I understand you? In every experience of life, no matter how pleasurable or how painful, I alone make it possible. How do I make it possible? Bring in the concept of Vritti Jnana. I light up the pleasurable flash of pleasure of eating a cookie. By my reflected consciousness, this becomes an experience. I light up by my reflected consciousness the um, pain of a cut or a bruise. That also light, lights up. Pleasure and pain. Every physical pleasure, every physical pain, every emotional um, joy and delight, every emotional pain and misery, all are lit up by you. This is called madam. Um, mother and then amada, but you in yourself are not touched by any of these, nor do you require any of these. These are your delight. Amadam Devam. And the phrase is Madamadam Devam. Pure consciousness and reflected consciousness. Vritti Jnana, Swarupa Jnana. Such a useful concept. 
That's a very useful concept to understand what is going on here. Everything is possible by you, but you are beyond everything. Madamadam Devam. Madanyo Kagadhyatumarhati. Very difficult to understand this, that I am such a reality. Who can understand it except someone as fully qualified as me? Well, that means only a person with sadhan chatushtaya sampatti, one who has got viveka, vairagya, shamadamadi, shat sampatti, and mumukshutvam, uh, the discernment between the eternal and the non-eternal, a deep dispassion for the non-eternal, for the, all that is worldly, and then the discipline, the sixfold treasures, and intense desire to be free, only one qualified with such things like me, he says, Yama, the Lord of Death says, like one, only one like me. And oh, Nachiketa, you are, it's implied, you are like me. And like that, all of us here, we are also, we are included. We are also uh, part of the uh, in-group. Who other than us can realize this thing? This Madamadam Devam. Let us look at some of the phrases used by the commentator. He says, like us, Yama is including um, Nachiketa, who other than qualified people like us can understand this uh, very subtle, very difficult to understand Atma, pure consciousness. People generally, make, even if it's taught, they mix it up with the mind. And we have to be careful also. It will, for a long time, we will keep mixing it up with the mind. Whenever we have confusion about nature of the Atman, know that you are mixing it up with the mind. Or more precisely, you are not able to separate Vritti Jnana and Swarupa Jnana. Vritti Jnana and Swarupa Jnana. Or in the language of the Upanishad, you are not able to see Madamadam Devam. So... What is our qualification? Of course, we have studied Vedanta Sar, we can immediately rattle up the fourfold qualifications and all. But this is a much more ancient text. He says, Sukshma Buddhe Panditasya. Uh, we are the Pandita with subtle, uh, very subtle penetrative intellect. But remember, here no mere intellect is meant or mere intellectual is meant. Here, Sukshma Buddhi means Shuddha Buddhi, pure intellect, pure and concentrated who can rise above the Raga Dvesha, like Nachiketa, and stilled mind is, one can, uh, we can, one can hold on to this very high thought for a long time. That kind of, this is called Sukshma Buddhi. It means Shuddha Buddhi. Sukshma means subtle. But subtle here does not mean somebody with a very high IQ. Here it means somebody with a, uh, which, who is deeply spiritual, basically. Uh, pure mind. Not uh, very uh, sharp intellect, not in that sense, but pure intellect. Pandita. Now, the Pandit is now a word which is very popular in English also. You have Wall Street Pandits and you have Washington DC Pandits, the political Pandits and uh, stock market Pandits and so on. Pandit means an expert and who will set forth his views on in newspaper columns in New York Times and Washington Post and so on. But Pandit, the original meaning Shankaracharya give in the, another place in the Gita, he gives the meaning. Panda, Atma Vishaya Pragya Yasya One who has wisdom about the Atman, who has self-knowledge, who realizes I am Brahman. That one is called Pandit. And then he says, 
all of these contradictory qualities. They are the glories of the Atman. He says, Stiti Gati. It is unmoving, and yet it is moving. It does not do anything, just shines. And yet everything is done by it. You hear, smell, taste, touch. It's because of you, the pure consciousness, through the reflected consciousness. Are you walking, talking, working, um, uh, fighting, whatever you're doing? is because of the pure consciousness through the reflected consciousness. So, stiti gati. Unchanging, steady, and yet doing everything. Nitya nitya. Eternal in its real nature. But in the all, the, look at the, the vritti jnana. The vritti jnana means the knowledge which we are having all the time. Momentary. Moment to moment it is changing. It is momentary and it is eternal. Um, Ityadi, etc. Viruddha, aneka dharma, upadhikatvat. It has got many contradictory uh, characteristics. Why? Because of upadhi. Remember, yellow flower, red flower and the crystal? That crystal which is yellow and red. How can the same thing be yellow and red? It is because of upadhi. Because of the presence of yellow flower and the presence of red flower. Similarly, because of the presence of the mind, presence of uh, sense organs. Presence of various uh, sense objects. We have various kinds of contradictory experiences, all made possible by that one consciousness which you are. And it's, I mean, madamadam devam, the one, the one consciousness which is in the midst of all delights and beyond all of it. It itself is a contradictory statement. Vishwarupa iva chintamani, Vishwarupa iva chintamani iva avabhasate. This consciousness shines like a diamond, like a spectacular diamond. What is this diamond? The universe. You are light itself, consciousness itself. You are shining like a diamond. What is the shining of this diamond? This universe. I think yesterday I was quoting from Ashtavakra. Prakasham me nijam rupam. My real nature is light. I am not one bit beyond that. When the universe shines forth, I alone am shining forth. This he calls like a chintamani, like a diamond, like a spectacular diamond, it is shining forth. Because there are deeper meanings to this. The Chintamani diamond is, uh, you know, if it touches something, it turns it into gold. And it, I think it is a wish-fulfilling diamond or something like that. So consciousness is that. Whatever is possible in life, everything is done because of consciousness. It is the wish-fulfilling diamond. Everything that one could want will be done, given to you in time. All our desires will be, even worldly desires and other worldly desires, everything will be fulfilled. Swami Vivekananda says, never want anything. Because, when he says, because you will get it. <laughs> Normally we think we will not get it. No, no, you will get it. And this game will be prolonged, lifetime after lifetime. Never want anything. If you really want to experience it, do it. You are doing it already. We are, we are all part of that game. And you will get it. It is your, the universe is yours. Every bit of it is yours. Whatever you want to experience, you want to experience it with this body, with this eye, with these, these, this mind, you will get that also. Only it will take time. Then. It will 
through time and space you will across oceans of time and space you'll have to travel to experience these things little by little then he says he explains what about this sleeping and being everywhere karana nam upashama shayanam when all the senses fall silent no external world mind falls silent no dreams so no external world no dreams that is deep sleep karana janitasya ekadesha vigyanasya upashama shayanasya bhavati the the specific knowledges what did we call it the the um, this um, swarupa gyana and vritti gyana the specific knowledge is that we get specific experiences the vritti gyana seeing hearing smelling tasting touch those things fall silent in deep sleep even dreams also fall silent then what will happen yadacha evam when you are in that state what will happen kevala samanya vigyanatvat sarvato yati eva only a general awareness remains that is swarupa chaitanya of course ignorance remains that's deep sleep as if you have spread everywhere sarvato yati eva as if you have spread everywhere that's why it says it it is spread everywhere in deep sleep but when you when you are awake or dreaming then what happens yada vishesha vigyanasthasvena rupena sthita eva san eva san manadi gati gatishu tad upadhikatvat duram rajati eva when you are having mind is active senses are active you are awake or you are dreaming then you swayna rupena by yourself your consciousness you are exactly the same as you were in the deep sleep of the mind similarly you are in the waking state or dream state of the mind you are unchanging when the mind the moon goes through phases of the moon sun is unchanging sun is not affected by it but the moon has various kinds of illumination depending on the phases of the moon similarly at that time you because of the various activities of the mind manadi gatishu manadi means mind and senses five senses plus mind have a variety of vritti then you will have plenty of vritti gyana you will have hearing and smelling and tasting you will have thinking and remembering and desiring uh, and suffering and enjoying um, all this will be a series going on but what are you swena rupena sthita eva Though you are you are absolutely shining in your own nature, this is called asino duram rajati. Sitting in one place, you go far. So this is the meaning. Rajati eva, as if you go far. This is the meaning of the twenty twenty first verse. The key idea to take away from here is swarupa gyana, vritti gyana. This explains a lot. what happens to pure consciousness or uh, the re- the reflection of the pure consciousness in the mind due to the activities of mind and senses that explains how our life is powered by reflected consciousness which is none other than you the pure consciousness you are not the body you are not the mind you are not even the reflected consciousness you are the pure consciousness this is what vedanta is trying to tell us and yet the reflected consciousness along with mind senses and objects is also nothing other than you that is the beauty of advaita vedanta like you are the one lying on the bed and dreaming you are not the one running in the 
um, you know, the plains of Africa being chased by a lion. That's in your dream. You are perfectly all right. You're lying down on the bed, having a nightmare. But as far as the dream is concerned, that one who's running on the plains of Africa and being chased by the lion, the lion and the plains of Africa and you running in the dream, I'm talking about a dream, possible dream. You are running and your fear and uh, all of that also is nothing but you. It is you, because of you, all this is appearing. Unfortunately, in our present state, all we know is I am being chased by this lion called Samsara through, through lifetime after lifetime. I don't know what lies beyond this. Then the next mantra, equally important, very beautiful mantra. Again, contradictory language. Ashariram Sharireshu Anavastheshwavasthitam Mahantam Vibhumatmanam Matvadhiro Nashochati This bodiless consciousness, consciousness without a body, just the reverse of what we think. Let me translate first. The bodiless consciousness, uh, not in a body, and yet it, it is in the body. It is vast and infinite, this self. Realizing this, the dhira, the spiritual seeker, the qualified spiritual seeker, Nashochati grieves not, goes beyond sorrow. So what does this mean? You, the consciousness, you're bodiless. Just the opposite of what we think. We think, when you, anybody mentions consciousness, awareness, we think, yes, 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 I know what you mean. I am aware, I'm conscious, but I am this, this fellow, this body, this Sarvapriyananda. And in that, there are some thoughts. And in the thought, if you insist, yes, it is conscious. There is consciousness there. That is what we think about consciousness. We think we are bodies with consciousness. Or little better, we are consciousness, but embodied consciousness. No, there is no reference to the body at all uh, in consciousness. Just like, remember the dream example I gave you about running in the plains of Africa, being chased by, an, uh, by a lion. Um, you actually are none of that. You, that sleeper who is dreaming and lying in your bed and dreaming, you, there is no fields of Africa there, there is no lion, there is no man running through the, uh, the being chased by a lion. None of it is there, actually. You, the dreamer, have no connection with any of that. And they don't exist also. Similarly, these bodies also do not exist. They are appearances in consciousness because of Maya. You, the consciousness, are bodiless. Ashariram. You don't have a physical body. The stula sharira. You don't have subtle body. You have nothing to do with the mind. Nothing to do with the body is a big step. But even more stunning is you have nothing to do with the mind. You have nothing to do with that person you think you are. That also you don't have anything to do with. And you have nothing to do with the causal body also. Stula, sukshma, karana, sharira, vyatirikta atma. The atman which transcends gross body, subtle body, causal body. That awareness. And yet, most vividly present felt here. You are that. Remember, the, however, warning. The opposite is not true. The gross body, subtle body, and causal body, they cannot exist without the Atman. The, you, the Atman, are entirely free of them. But they are not free of you. The dream, the lion and the plains of Africa and the man running through the plains, they cannot exist without the dreamer. The dreamer happily exists without them. 
the characters in the movie and the activities of the movie they cannot exist without the screen but the screen can happily exist without the, and exists without the movie so you are asharīram neither subtle, gross body nor subtle body nor causal body even when they are present you are none of them just this much if you understand your jivan mukta right now you have great freedom you have you have nothing to do with this fellow called uh, i have i the awareness i have nothing to do with this fellow called sarvakshyana nothing not being in the body appears to be in the body our very intuitive feeling is i am in this body it is just the opposite says awareness is not in the body rather you might say body is in appearing in awareness yeah. if you look at it this way take a stand in awareness that i am awareness now consider the body you will say what body is appearing to me but then to me means what i am here eyes the book is appearing to the eyes so eyes are here book is here they are separate book is appearing to the eyes but is it like that for awareness is it that i have something outside awareness which is appearing to awareness is there any evidence of a bodily outside awareness no there body is only in awareness there is no evidence of a body outside awareness if somebody will say no when you were in deep sleep you were not aware of your body we were all aware you were lying right there and snoring and disturbing us we were aware of it but you were not aware of your own body so that body existed outside your awareness that is the reflected consciousness vritti chaitanya avritti gyana but from the perspective of swarupa gyana even the fact that this fellow fell asleep and was not aware of his own body and the other fellows are saying we were aware of your of your body and we heard your uh, snoring all of it is appearing in awareness or not is any bit of it outside awareness even the idea that i was asleep and not aware of my body is against uh, appearing in my awareness only nothing else there is nothing outside that so not limited in the body this awareness pervades everything that exists it's not limited first idea is it's not limited in the body it's other than the body then in second idea it pervades the body and everything that exists in third idea is body and everything that exists is not pervaded by awareness they are in awareness it's not that they exist and then awareness comes and pervades them like a perfume or something no awareness exists and in that they appear like waves in an ocean or like dreams in a dreamer's mind so not limited by the body then what is this mahantam vibhum mahantam vibhum atmanam mahantam means vast big vibhum means infinite vast infinite now what does this vast infinite mean when you simply say big you may mean big house big man uh, big book just it's a big you qualified with something big what or big planet but if you just say vast big without any qualification it means infinite without without any limitation it is big without any limitation vast without any limitation i'm not talking about vast ocean or vast planet or a vast wealth or vast knowledge no i'm just saying vast without any limitation then the meaning of that is vibhum vibhum means infinite mahantam plus vibhum together 
does this remind you of something satyam gyanam anantam brahma brahma means vast the literal the epi, uh, the etymological meaning of the term brahma brihatvat brihanatvat atma brahma iti giyate because it vast it is vast and it expands without limit and that's why the atman is called brahma this is the definition of brahman brahman means vast but what is this vast the next term next to it in the definition satyam gyanam anantam brahma existence consciousness infinity is brahman the next term next to brahman is brahman infinity infinity is brahman so anantam anantam means no limit vast without limit what are the limits space time object desha kala vastu no limit in space not that it is located here and not there it is everywhere in fact everywhere is in it it's not located in it's not limited in time born now then dies um, or created now then destroyed no it is eternal it has there's no time when it did not exist and no time when it will not exist that is called infinite no limit in time no limit in object if you remember we have done we have i have discussed this definition of god satyam gyanam anantam brahma no limitation in object means there is no object which is different from it in other words no second reality apart from it in other words no second na dvaitam advaitam non dual so the word vibhum means anantam infinite infinite in space infinite in time and uh, non dual in sanskrit sarvavyapi nitya advaita sarvavyapi all pervading nitya means eternal and advaita means non dual all of this is packed into the little word vibhu mahantam vibhum vast without limit you might say wow this is fantastic it sounds like something out of science fiction what is it atmanam you 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 are talking about you the commentator says atman atma grahanam shankaracharya says the word atma here is pointed he says why sato ananyatva pradarshanartham to show that it is nothing other than you we are talking about a vast infinite nothing other than you you are vast and infinite you are you are eternal you are all pervading you are non dual atma shabda pratyagatma vishaya eva mukhya tam idrisham atmam so atma is the word atma is used about the inner self you i this person this this being what am i what are you telling me about myself that i am fast you mean i am fat no i am tall no i am very rich no you are infinite all pervading eternal and non dual there is no second reality apart from you vibhum uh, mahantam vibhum this is your inner self if you put these two together mahantam vibhum on one side this means brahma and on the other side atma you got brahman is atman mahantam vibhum the vast infinite is brahman the re- ultimate reality of everything atma means you the ultimate reality of everything and you are one and the same thing this is the mahavakya tatvamasi aham brahmasmi and i am just making it up shankaracharya himself will say this now what is the meaning of all this 
he says matva realizing what do you realize i am aham iti this infinite aham i am i am this infinite i am this vast infinity if you could just feel it for even one second you're free and if you can live it you will be a jeevan mukta but even if that that's later but the moment you realize it for one second also the promise is this is your last word then it's done the game is over for you you have realized your infinity if you can even taste this infinity for a fraction of a second and if you do it do that for a fraction of a second it's forever you will never lose it again the you will be touched by this infinity and others will slowly over time they will see they will see in you they will they will they will not understand but they will feel the breath of the eternal the presence of something vast uh, when when they come near you so matva realizing what do you realize i am ahammiti shankaracharya says this vastness is i you realize this then what happens na shochati go beyond sorrow nahi evam vidhasya atmavida shokopapatti it's impossible for a person who has realized this vastness to be sorrowful yes you may say is there pain in your throat because of throat cancer sri ramakrishna says yes it hurts i can't eat true what is that vritti gyana certainly it's not escapism it's not spiritual bypassing every bit of the medical diagnosis is true it hurts it's difficult you know aging is there disease is there death is also there not one bit of it is denied but there is this vastness behind it which makes everything uh, all right uh, you see compared to which all this is becomes uh, vanishingly small then sri ramakrishna then the hari maharaj he says to sri ramakrishna but sir i see that you are in great joy ramakrishna said oh the rascal has found me out how are you in great joy swarupa chaitanya aswarupa gyana fine no problem it is vibhum mahantam vast and infinite and the vritti gyana the experience particular experience in this body of ramakrishna suffering throat cancer dying the body is dying so both are together how can both contradictory things be together remember madamadam devam the shining one who is who has this is the glory of the shining one who is in the midst of all pleasure and pain and samsara and entirely beyond it the beauty of this upanishad is makes you understand how this is possible not only possible it is you right now all right this verse is this mantra is very nice it tells us um about the atman which is not uh, related to the body it has it's not in the body but it pervades the body and everything else it is infinite and it has to be realized dhira the word dhira always points to the qualified seeker dhira literally means the heroic one the patient one but patient and heroic one is the one who has got the qualifications the fourfold qualifications and the result of all of this is also mentioned you go beyond sorrow the result is mentioned all right let's quickly take a look at discussions before we wrap up dima says does awareness imply that there is someone who is aware no 
and yes. What do I mean by that? Awareness means awareness by itself is not a someone. It is awareness. It is not a, someone to whom awareness belongs. You are awareness. You are not someone who has awareness. As long as you think you are someone who has awareness, that's the body idea. I am a body with awareness. I am somebody. See, literally, somebody <laughs> with awareness. Now, you are awareness who is aware of a body and the mind and the senses. I'm still trying to understand how to go beyond the sense of I. Yes. How to go beyond the sense of I? Just think. Even the I is experienced. Don't you experience I? Then to what is that experienced I appearing? That's why Shankaracharya says, Mano buddhya hankara chittani naham. I am not I. I'm not the mind, I'm not the intellect, I'm not the memory, but I am not I, I'm not the ego. Peter Dawkins said, during the week I came across this great quote from Swami Vivekananda. Among the Upanishads, one finds no other book as beautiful as the Katha Upanishad. Yes, it was his favorite. I wish you would all get it by heart. What will it do only to read it through? Try to bring into your life the faith, the courage, the discernment, renunciation of Najiketa. True, true, true. Absolutely. Gaurav Mittal says, um, when I try to understand greater than the greatest, smaller than the smallest, using water example, then I try to look for something material which is common to both. That looks theoretical to me. No. Uh, don't look at something external. Water example is just a nice example to make you understand how one thing could be smaller than the smallest and greater than the greatest. Isn't it true that water is smaller than the bubble? Because it has to be in the bubble. And water is greater than the greatest because it is uh, in all the great waves. Now, the next he says, uh, dream example. Dream is made of my own mind and this paradox applies to dream. Smallest and largest dream objects are contained within mind. When we know the dream is unreal, then we don't attach importance to it and become equanimous automatically. Correct. Also, um, through logical and scientific reasoning, one can easily see this world as something like a dream ultimately conceived by mind, like virtual reality. Correct. Dream example does not seem theoretical to me. By theoretical means speculating about some object. Dream example seems very intimate to you because you are experiencing it directly. Good. Is it okay to try these Advaita concepts? Not only okay, you must. The dream example is a favorite example of Advaita Vedanta. Gaudapada has a whole chapter on using the dream example. Vaitatya Prakaran. And now following on Gaurapada, uh, David Chalmers, his latest book, Reality Plus. So there, I was just looking through it. I got my copy recently, just yesterday. So there, he's saying basically the same thing, but the language is just the opposite. He's saying, let the dream also be real. <laughs> Virtual world is also real, as real as our waking world. And I saw, I was very happy to see, he has mentioned Advaita Vedanta, he has mentioned Sankhya, uh, he has mentioned Buddhism, yeah, so little places here and there. And he says these ideas were there in uh, uh, ancient Indian philosophy and also some Greek philosophers. Nila Vora says, can the original self be described as catalyst in a chemical reaction? A good example. It makes everything happen by its very presence. That is the, that is the definition of catalyst which we learned in school. Yes, in that sense, like a magnet, like a catalyst, uh, to some extent you can apply this example. 
Sean Lee says, is the movement of mind as a reflective consciousness activities are suffering punishable? Um, what does this mean? For example, if a mind bad intentions, mind's bad intentions in our minds have consequences in life. I'm not very sure what you mean. But at the level of uh, reflected consciousness, the, um, the Vritti Chaitanya is very much in the realm of karma. Cause and effect is there. But if you think that are you saying that bad intentions in the mind will lead to bad karma? Not unless you act on them. If you actually act on them, that means bring those intentions in the mind to the level of speech and actual action. Then it will give rise to karmic consequences. Holy Mother once said that, that in this Kali Yoga, in this Kali Yoga, uh, sins of the mind are not sins. Moner Pap Pap. But one has to be careful there because if I entertain um, negative thoughts, bad thoughts in my mind continuously, it will be very difficult to check them because then, then next be, they will come at the level of speech and actions also. But don't, what Holy Mother meant was don't obsess over that. Just be sure not to say or do wrong things. Srinivas Raju says in the second state of enlightenment, appreciating the glories of Atman is the same as having Sarvatma Bhava, seeing oneself in everything which realized masters have. Certainly, that is one aspect of it. I alone am shining forth in all these ways. Correct? So these are all ways in which you can do Nididhyasana. You are saturating yourself by your own glory. Ashtavakra sings once in a while. Aho, aham, namo, maiham. How, how remarkable I am. Salutations to myself. <laughs> with S with capital S. Self with capital S. Alpana says, movement in the mind is a result of rajas. Right and not due to consciousness. Consciousness just illumines the movement and absence of movement. Correct. Consciousness illumines the movement and absence of movement. Ultimately, in the long run, you must say that even mind itself is an appearance in consciousness. They are not two realities. As long as you keep consciousness is illuminating the movements in the mind and mind is some reality apart from consciousness, that is Sankhya. Um, but the mind itself and body and the world, they are all appearances in consciousness, then becomes Advaita. Anunesan says, in those with dementia and for Alzheimer's, when the awareness is significantly diminished, awareness is not diminished. The capacity of the mind is diminished and therefore the, the what we today called the vritti jnana does not function too well. That's all. Can you talk about Atman in relation to these conditions? Yes. So the consciousness is present there too. The Atman is equally present everywhere. Why just with diminished uh, capacity? Even uh, one would say um, the lower animals with very little capacity compared to even an Alzheimer's uh, patient, even in plants and even in non-living things, as the pure existence of those things, the Atman is present. See, here the question itself shows you're talking about uh, diminished awareness immediately means vritti jnana, not swarupa jnana. Am I right in understanding that appreciating the glories of Atman happens through mind as manifestation of divinity? Yes. All of this is happening in the mind. Even the enlightenment, I am awareness. In mind only. But next we'll see. What does awareness do for that? Even in enlightenment, what role does awareness itself play, consciousness itself play? But then also mind is required. For ignorance, mind is required. So for knowledge also mind is required. 
Sridhama says, when we practice Panchakosha Viveka or Drigdrishya Viveka, how far back can we objectify? Is reflected consciousness an object? Unlike pure consciousness, yes, it is an object. Is it the awareness we feel beyond thoughts in the mind? If you feel it, it's still reflected. Hmm. These are at that point the techniques used in Vijnana Bhairava are pretty good. They they understand the very psychology of the mind, how the mind functions. So at that point, Nididhyasana, see, I am I have calmed down the mind. I'm not aware of anything external. My body is steady, breath is steady, mind is calmed, and I feel awareness percolate uh, shining through. Drop that, they will say. And then you have a complete blankness. And next they will say, drop that also. Then there will be no words to express what is there. Gita Dev says, the Swarupa Jnana cannot really be detected by us. Absolutely not. Except for understanding its presence through the knowledge from the scriptures. Right? No. Next mantra will say, it is not just scriptures. Scriptures are pointing it out to us. But the Swarupa Jnana makes everything possible. Your reflected Jnana, that is Vritti Jnana, is nothing other than Swarupa Jnana. It's like saying that, you know, sunlight cannot be really detected by us. We can only experience moonlight. We are experiencing sunlight only. The sunlight can only be understood by, you know, you have to believe the physics textbook. That's why. There is sunlight only in physics textbook. Actually, in the external world, there is only moonlight. No, the physics textbook is pointing out what is there. What the experience is there out there. You look at the world and you see at night the light and you know that it is nothing other than the sunlight. Now, in this is actually the realization here is even more vivid. I mean, you are experiencing Vritti Jnana. Swarupa Jnana is even more vivid than that. But that requires this breakthrough, this knowledge. It is not just scripture, not just believing in it. Scripture should be used as a pointer. Many people think at this point, so ultimately here we have to believe that such is, this is the case. No, no, no. It is most vivid. It's more than every experience. Even the greatest spiritual experience becomes small compared to the realization that I am the Swarupa Jnana. Is that Aham Brahmasmi. Only it can't be put in the category of a particular experience. That's the thing. Ramya says, there's a talk by Swamiji where he answers a question about why there's a need for Chidavhasa. It's called Akhandakaravitti. Can someone point it? It is part of the Vedanta Sar talks, yes. It is there. A full discussion is there. In fact, a little bit of the discussion will come. We'll see the original source of such things in the next mantra. Palak says, Shubhadeep says, here, what is the difference between reflected consciousness and ego? Okay. Ego is a vritti of the mind called ahankara vritti. Vedansar makes this clear. Many of the, what are the different functions of the mind? Buddhi, ahankara, mana, chitta. These are different functions of the antakkarana. One of them is ego. And in all of these vrittis, reflected consciousness, chidabhas is shining. Just look at your own experience of I. You will see two parts of it. One is I, this, this thought I, ego. And you are aware. So it's a shining thought. 
that shining is chidavas, reflected consciousness. And that ego is, that I thought is the ego. So it is, when you have an ego experience, I, it is two things, the I thought plus reflected consciousness. Every experience is like that. It is uh, vritti plus reflected consciousness. That is called vritti jnana. In every vritti jnana, there is a vritti and there is reflected consciousness. Palak says, uh, my question, I do understand at times suddenly that yes, I am Brahman. This clarity does not stay permanently. It slips out of mind after some time. How to fix it permanently? Don't worry. Stay with it. Come, Keep coming to the class. Uh, although, very interesting, in the next mantra, Yama will say, uh, even you, this uh, Zoom class also will not help. He says, Pravachana, Vedanta talks also will not lead you to enlightenment. He will say, to tell you next. So, uh, Pradipo says three different methods of describing or pointing to Atman Brahman eighty paradoxical language implied meaning would you tell us other methods mm, the other methods are um, eighty contradictory language implied meaning and then uh, there are these stories sometimes they are told you know, I have told these stories um, the five parables for Vedanta. Uh, sometimes in Vedanta you will find these uh, akhyaika, these stories are told uh, in order to point toward that reality. Then uh, there's one more. About five major strategies are there. Yeah, Anvaya Vatireka. Method of agreement and difference. So multiple experiences are there. What is changing and what is unchanging? If you reflect on that, you will see uh, that there is uh, one reality behind them. Uh, one method is that also, Anvayavati Reka. Multiple methods are used. These are some of the strategies used in the Upanishads. Okay, good. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Rupanamastu